As you're listening, don't forget to check out the Professional Amateurs Podcast on YouTube. And while you're there, hit like and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 37 of Professional Amateurs. Um, Just me and Ryan again today. And yeah, we got a whole bunch of hockey to talk about this week. Um, Sort of reaching that mid-season Mid-season lull. I don't even know if I want to call it a lull. It feels a bit early to call it a lull. It's usually around the 40-game mark. You're kind of getting ahead of yourself, too. We're 20 games in here. It's quarter way. No, I know, but, like, I would argue that, like, between 30 and 50 games is, like, mid-season lull. Well, like, I mean, not yeah, argue, because that literally is mid-season. But we're not at 30 yet, either. Yeah, I know, but we're getting there. Like, we're getting um, to the point where we could, like... Like, you know how uh, everyone always says, like, um, American Thanksgiving is pretty much, like, if you're not in the playoffs, you have a shit chance. Isn't it, like, yeah. 75% of teams in the cap era have made the playoffs that were in the playoffs as of American Thanksgiving? Sounds about right. And, like, if you look at the standings right now, like, the teams that are there are probably going to be there. Like, the only one, there's probably w- one significant outlier <laughs> in terms of a team that I would like boot from the playoffs right now. And that's Detroit. Like Detroit's yeah. currently in the first wildcard spot. Um, Like the Islanders look awesome. New Jersey's not going anywhere. Those top three in the East are as expected. And you'd think that Detroit sort of falls off at some point, And then either the Rangers or the Panthers sort of hop into that spot. Yeah. I and agree. I mean, and then, and then in the, in the West, um, maybe you'd say Seattle. I personally wouldn't cause they look awesome and they're getting average goaltending, which is all they need. And mm. then, like Edmonton, Calgary, like they're gonna be there. So maybe there's maybe two or three teams at the most that I'd be like willing to say I I think there's a chance they don't make it. Other than that, like all of the preseason locks are pretty much in the playoffs right now. Yeah, I I agree. I, I and still... so when I say midseason lull, I don't mean that it's actually midseason. It's just that like fair enough. Not, there's not gonna be a lot of movement, and that's the mm-hmm. thing is with the stupid loser point, like ruins any sort of playoff races and stuff yeah it uh like taking a look at it you you are right it's pretty much exactly the teams you would expect to be there outside of like um seattle pretty much like i I still think minnesota might get back up in there too um yeah but it it is interesting how it's kind of settled after it felt like the first few weeks were just absolute madness and what, what's happening with Seattle is basically what people were expecting last year. They were expecting, like, a good hockey team. And it didn't happen last year because they got historically bad goaltending. And this year, they're they're riding Martin Jones. Like, just, I'm looking at their yeah. stats page, which I haven't Great. really done this year. And Martin Jones has 18 starts to Grubauer's five. So, I don't know yeah. if there's an injury in there somewhere, but, like... Yeah, Grubauer was hurt for a long period of time. Okay. Okay, I didn't know that. I was going to say that's hilarious if Martin Jones is stealing the starting it's, role. It's wild. Like, they are getting the goaltending, but the craziest part of it is that it's Martin Jones. Like, And he, it's still not even good. He almost single-handedly handed Timmy Stutzler to the Ottawa Senators. Like, Yeah, yeah. Well, he, like, his save percentage is only 8-9-3. I don't know if he's been playing better lately. Like, again, like, West Coast team kind of... Okay, he's had two brutal games in his last... Like, he just... Oh, he gave up yep. eight goals last night. There's our perfect yep. segue. Um, LA, Seattle, 9-8, absolute barn burner that Seattle took in overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I was getting ready to go to bed and it was uh, at the end of the second period. And it was, I think it was seven, six at the end of the second period. No, oh. it was eight. It was eight, six at the end of the second period. He went and to overtime like, too. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was eight, six at the end of the second. LA scored two in the third and then it went to overtime to make it for the final score to be nine, eight. And I was going to bed and I was like, do I stay up to watch this? Like, this is awesome. I didn't because uh, like it was like after midnight and they were just, it was at intermission. So I was like, I'm not waiting around for a period right now. But no, uh, I no. I'm, I was almost the exact same <laughs> reaction. Like I was just heading to bed and I think I scrolled past it. So I checked it out for a second, but like I didn't, I haven't even checked it out this morning yet too much, but like a, a 90 game that goes to overtime, like that yeah. has to be one of the more electric regular season games in like recent history. It's got to be up there right there with, um, what was that one between Toronto and Detroit? Was it 10-7? Oh, yeah, that one was nuts. That was last year, right? No, that was a few years ago now. No. Maybe I'm thinking of another Toronto Detroit one, but there was That a... had to be that has to that was last year. I'm telling you right now that was last yeah, year. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm thinking of another one. Okay. I think it might be Toronto versus Carolina. That was a few years ago. That was just absolutely insane or something. Eberle had four assists. Veneers, McCann, and Burakovsky each had two goals. Weinberg yeah. had three points. Is that is that Justin I, Schultz? Oh my god, I, I, Justin Schultz plays for Seattle. Yeah. Um, I uh I I went to the the stats page because I was like somebody had to have gotten a hat trick, right? But nobody no got, nobody got one. Four guys had two goals. Uh Dowdy had three assists, Fiala had four assists. Um oh, this was the other thing I wanted to talk about. I was blanking on the first thing that I wanted to talk about. Um, Drew Dowdy's back. Like he's he's been awesome this year. He was playing so well last year before he was injured, going into the playoffs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget how many games he missed last year. He missed he missed a good chunk, and then he missed their uh, their their playoff series. Yeah, he only played thirty nine last year. But um, it's just so good to see these massive contracts on guys like Dowdy and and Eric Carlson, like not be loaded albatross contracts. What is uh? Like what is Dowdy's career highs? Do you know in terms that? of points in a season? Yeah, looks like it's sixty, and that's the year he won the Norris. Wow! Yeah, he's he's already at fifteen in twenty five. Yeah, so that's probably that's about a fifty point pace. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like yeah. the guy's thirty two years old, so like, I don't know. I, I just think it's because we grew up on these players, right? So it sucks mm. to see guys like Dowdy and Eric Carlson and. Um, sort of regress even when they're still making the massive amounts of money that they're making in terms of yeah. like being the top paid defenseman in the league and second top Dowdy's second behind EK um, mm. just seeing them sort of be revived and it, it's really an indicator that uh, it really was injuries kind of derailing those guys career and uh, it's cool that they're both uh, playing really well like Dowdy's playing 26 minutes a night which is awesome it would be um, really cool if like the Kings could go on another run and Carlson gets traded to a contender or something. Oh yeah. And have them back in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, That'd be cool. That'd be very cool. Um, But yeah, so nine, eight blockbuster last night. Just wanted to mention that Colorado lost five, nothing in the jets. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, I wanted to talk about Alexander Georgiev and he gives up a five spot last night. He was playing insane. Have you been, have you been following his season so far? Not at all. He had a nine three three save going in the last night. It's down to nine two six, but still, he's been he's been elite for Colorado. And I mean, I I don't know if that's a thing that yeah. you want to take with a grain of salt. Like I think you and I could walk into Colorado and put up a nine 
100 save percentage, but yeah. uh but yeah, so still stellar goaltending. Hellebuck with a 40 save shutout last night. Um he's probably the leader for Vesna right now. He's got Winnipeg uh back yeah. from the doldrums he's of back. the middle. Yeah, he's back. He's one of those like Vesna one year sort of like 905 save percentage the next year kind of goalies yeah. and he has been for a little while but he's back to his uh his Vesna type self. He has a Vesna, right? Hellebuck? Yes. He must. I can't remember if he has one or not. Um, I think he does. My official prediction is that he does. But, uh, yeah. Um, Okay, while you look for that, uh, I think a natural pivot point from talking briefly about this, uh, going through the games quickly last night, just uh, just to sort of give an update, because it was kind of a sick night of hockey last night. Um, Talking about Hellebuck's sort of like Vesna resurgence. Um, Another guy who's sort of, Big time in the Vesna conversation, I would say, is uh, Jake Ottinger. Um, his numbers aren't quite there. I think he's had a couple bad games in a row. He's had a 9-17 save percentage. He's had two stinkers in a row. Uh, he gave five goals to Winnipeg on the 25th and then four goals to Chicago on the 23rd. But uh, this is a guy who's like 24, still coming into his prime, uh, had his massive playoff series last year. He's 23, he turns 24 in December. Um, mm. But like, I kind of just wanted to touch on Dallas because – like Ottinger's part of that core that they essentially drafted in 2017, like their entire core, they just drafted in one year, like whatever, yeah. no big deal. And mm-hmm. uh, they just signed Rupe Hints to an eight year extension worth 8.45 million a year. And I was wondering your thoughts on that. Yeah. I, I personally think it's a good deal. Um, I don't have his stats right in front of me, but um, I, I saw somebody lay it out on Twitter pretty nicely that, showed his progression from year to year and it's been like pretty solid jumps for the past three years or so um and putting him on point on pace to be like i think it was like a 40 goal score or something like that or close to it in one oh yeah last year he got 37 goals yeah so uh i think i think it's a very solid deal um he's progressed how old is he right 26 24 oh he's 26 okay 26. so this gives him this locks him up basically through his prime years which is so you're hoping you he stays around that 30 to 35 to 40 goal score essentially because which i think is a safe bet considering the yeah. guys he's gonna be playing with like he's not gonna be separated from jason robertson and jason robertson's not going anywhere 100 in terms of in terms of production i actually didn't realize um i thought rupe hints kind of came out of nowhere last year he had 43 points in 41 games in that uh, that weird 56-game season with the, yeah. the divisional bubbles. He's been um, so he, super under the radar. Yeah, he was over a point a game two years ago, and then last year he exploded, 37 goals in 80 games. And then even, <laughs> even the year before, he had he had like 19, basically 20 goals. Like, yeah, in in 60 games. So yeah. like that's that's a that's a 25, 27 goal pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think it's a great contract. It's kind of one of those though where uh, it, it sneaks up on you because you see the number, you see the name, and mm-hmm. you're sort of like, oh, like that's an interesting one because yeah. like Rupe Hintz just isn't a guy I have in that 8 to $9 million echelon. Kind of like my, it was my same reaction to the Tage Thompson contract, kind of. Like it was similar in the sense that like I knew they were good players, but like, whoa, it made me go check a little bit more. Yeah, like, yeah. And those are the best ones when you yeah. see a guy sign and you're like, oh, interesting. I'm going to go look mm-hmm. at his numbers and see, like, 
sort of what's up with that guy because again like it's hard to follow everyone in the league and know what everyone's doing but uh yeah no i saw it was a tweet this morning um and this is probably redundant information but like it just it it was discussing how dallas has heiskanen signed through like 2028 now hints signed through 2030 uh robertson signed through 2026 and then ottinger through 2025 Mm -hmm. and like that's kind of their core four right now and like that's literally one guy at each position. Like it, it doesn't get better than that. Yeah. They, like, they're so set. It's so cool. They were able to kind of break through this. <laughs> I don't want to call it irrelevancy because they were in the playoffs and, and winning rounds, but it would kind of felt like they were stuck at, at that point. Like they were never going to get to, um, well, not never because they did, but it you was to say like a final. I always forget. Yeah, I always forget that too. Like the, again, maybe that's just Dallas being on the side of my mind when it comes to the NHL, but um they've been able to kind of push past this older core um and integrate new younger pieces that are breathing life into this team and bringing it to new levels. It's pretty cool to see. It's been somewhat of a, <laughs> it's been somewhat of a rebuild on the fly. Like, yeah. If you were to ever um, because like, I think people look at the Rangers rebuild as being sort of a rebuild on the fly slash like retool, whatever you want to call it. <clears throat> and, um, but they bottomed out, like they had, they had a second overall pick and a first overall pick. Like mm-hmm. that's not necessarily fair in a vacuum because they did win a couple of lotteries, but yeah. they were bad for a few years in Dallas, like wasn't really bad for a few years because, um, in 2017, they drafted Heisken in third, but they, uh, were also the beneficiaries of a of winning a lottery. I think they went from eighth to third that year. So they were sort of like, they would have had a top 10 pick, mm-hmm. but like they won a lottery to move up to three. Yeah. And um, like being the eighth, having the eighth best lottery odds isn't bottom. That's not bottoming out. Mm-hmm. Um, But they, they, they got their franchise guy. They got high skin in. And then at the end of the first round that year, I think I want to say 28th, um, they got Ottinger in the first round. And then in this in the second round of that same draft, they drafted Jason Robertson 39th. And yeah. so um and then like two years later, they went to the Stanley Cup final and now they're handing over the keys of the franchise to those guys that they drafted mm-hmm. uh, in a year where they didn't even bottom out. So it's just kind of it's really it's probably the most fascinating team construction that I've ever seen. Um, especially today. It's, unless unless a different man- it's just essentially nailing on your draft picks. Like everyone here and there gets one top five pick, but Mm -hmm. then you draft two like franchise altering players in the twenties and thirties. It's like, that doesn't happen. And unless I'm missing, um, unless I'm forgetting a situation or a team elsewhere in the league, like it's sort of unprecedented to see um, because their former core was um Sagan, Ben, Klingberg, and Ben Bishop. And Jamie Ben's making nine and a half, still is. Uh Sagan's making 9.85, still is. Uh Klingberg was on his like sort of sweetheart deal. So not necessarily the same, but still. Um and then Ben Bishop was on that six times six that he signed as a free agent way back. Mm-hmm. Um and they went to the Stanley Cup final with that core. And now Bishop's gone as like he was an LTIR guy that they traded his contract to Buffalo. Klingberg's gone in free agency. Um, 
And then Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan had severely <laughs> dropped off for a few years. And now they're both sort of back, not necessarily nine to ten million dollar players, but they're mm-hmm. probably playing like six to seven million dollar players, which is more than they were getting before, which mm-hmm. has really fueled this sort of wicked start that Dallas is off to, fueled by this this new core that they have. So it's just it's a really interesting transition to see. Um, the former core and the new core sort of meshing together while they're all making big money. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, it's fascinating and sort of unprecedented. And I I kind of love Dallas right now. Um, they're they're a wicked team, and I I'm like, Miro Heiskanen is probably like one of my favorite players. Um, so it's just a really cool team, and seeing that Hints contract was just uh, is really exciting. It'll be interesting to see how they fit all the money. Um, I'm not sure about their cap situation. I know Jamie Benn is going to be off the books in a couple of years, but not next year, which is when Hintz's contract is going to kick in. Yep. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, last night, Matthew Kachuk made his return to Calgary. Uh, he was booed initially uh, whenever he touched the puck, which was funny. Um, but then he got a tribute video and he got a little bit of a standing ovation, uh, which is appropriate. Like that, you, you never see a, a guy get booed after he gets his tribute video. But... Um, it was actually really funny. My uh, my brother texted me during the game because I guess he was watching. Uh, I didn't watch it, but uh, he was. And he texted me. He said, he said, why is Calgary booing Matthew Kachuk? And I'm like, I'm like, I what? fully expected that. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, like he was traded. Like, it's not like he signed somewhere else as a free agent. I was like, well, no, like he, he asked out. Like, <laughs> it was very much. And he had no idea about the situation. I was like, okay, fair. I thought you're. I was I like, mean, I was like, what do you mean, Mason? Like, come on. Um, I but like yeah, so hockey and not know that. Yeah, I was like, it was the biggest story this offseason. So I kind of just laughed at him and then sort of ignored him because I was like, I'm not explaining this over text. But like, yeah, just go read any article from the last like four months about the Calgary Flames and you'll find mm. something about Matthew Kachuk. <laughs> um, do you have a thought on uh, Matthew Kachuk's not- return? Not too much because, like you, I didn't see any of it. But yeah, um, it wasn't I, a very exciting game. I saw it. Uh, or wait, it, that's I, wrong. It was six to two Calgary. Yeah. It was an uneventful game for Kachuk. He had no points, and they lost six two. Yeah, I think it just kind of, it kind of acts as like it. They Florida really kind of went all in with the trade, and we've seen this year now their defense is just with injuries on top of that it's just not it like they're not operating at the same uh two-way level that they could have last year like they're still a crazy good offensive team uh on most nights but they're getting exposed defensively now and that um probably has a huge part to do with the trade too because you move out uh you move out Uyghur and then you move out Huberto who yep <laughs> like it I don't know. It it just kind of, I guess, the six to two result kind of reflects the trade nicely. I guess in my head. Yeah, I think so too. Um, again, it's one of the, it's it's the most like significant, and unprecedented blockbuster trade I think we've ever seen or been alive for anyway. And so, um, it it's really really interesting to see how the players and the teams are doing, um especially now that they're all locked into their contracts. Like it's never, the, the comparisons are never going to stop. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm so excited to see if the prospect Cole Schmidt turns into anything. I don't, I don't really know anything about him. It'd be cool if he turned into something and uh, what Calgary does with that first round pick in 2025. 
Yeah. It's because this is such a long-term trade. Like this isn't a, a deadline flip where like whatever the prospects turn into is whatever. Like this is a this is a trade that's going to heavily impact each franchise mm-hmm. for the next eight plus years. Um, and so yeah. those like sort of minor assets, I'll be really interested to see how they turn out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple tweets that I want to look at, and then we can probably look at wrapping up the show. It's not uh, not a terribly uh, eventful sort of pod in terms of yeah, topics. Yeah. We're also in the dead heat of school, so... Uh, yeah, it's, uh, this, this was a bit of a, a scramble episode. We'll keep this short and uh, and come back re, uh, re-energized in the new year. Okay, so both tweets are Jay Fresh. One has to do with uh, Lafreniere and one has to do with Connor McDavid. Okay, so the first one, uh, he's quote-tweeting a screenshot of a tweet from uh, from the other day. Through his first 130 games, Marc-Andre Fleury had more power play points than Alexi Lafreniere has in his first 130 NHL games. Marc-Andre Fleury had four. Alexi Lafreniere has two. And apparently, here, okay, hear me out. Apparently, Rangers fans were defending Alexi Lafreniere, they... referring to the fact that he plays under two minutes of power play time a night. And Jay Fresh says... Oh yeah, it like what was their respective power play time? Like, guys, he's a fucking goalie. That's <laughs> that's that's his tweet. He said, "Oh yeah, you guys are gonna argue t- power play time on ice for Lafreniere." Guys, it's a fucking goalie. It doesn't matter. <laughs> that's so incredible. I and I died. I saw that this morning. <laughs> he tweeted it yesterday. <clears throat> And I like I don't even I, I don't know why I didn't send it to you. It it I think I wanted to be like a surprise on this pod. Rangers fans love to defend laugh. I see oh, it on Twitter all the time too. It'd be hard not to though. Like I, I know, but like it he just ain't it. Because a first overall pick, like you yeah. just gotta like you gotta ride with that guy. Yeah. Especially because the Rangers it. suck this year. Like they're like last year didn't matter yeah. that laugh and Kako weren't good. Like the Rangers have lost more games that they've won. Like they are the epitome mm-hmm. of of fake five hundred because they're ten nine and four. Yeah, like they've lost thirteen games out of twenty three. Like they are not a good team as of right now because they're not getting all time great Vesna goaltending. I think yeah. Shesterkin's at a nine thirteen right now, which is mm-hmm. I think that's just over league ag- league average, and that roster needs elite goaltending to compete. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that was the funny tweet. Uh, Jay Fresh just sort of encapsulating his reply to rangers fans defending laugh and just being like guys we're talking about a goalie here like we're not talking about like this isn't even apples to oranges like this is like an apple to a truck like this is two things that are not anywhere close to similar and should never happen anyway i think that's a hilarious stat what does his stat line look like this year i honestly have no oh it's bad i was looking at it the other day i forget the numbers if you want to pull it up he has three goals, seven assists for 10 points in 23 games. And what's his time on ice looking like? Um, you'll have to give me another sec for that. Because he needs, he need, like, he's going to be an RFA after this season. Like, oh my God. This is, I don't know. He's just not a player that I envisioned going through this in the NHL. I thought he would be dominant from day one because of how old he was when he came into the league. Like, he was kind of an overaged draftee. His time on ice is at fifteen fifty right now. Oh, it's so gross. He's got ten points, three goals. Ugh. Averaging <laughs> one minute and eleven seconds on the power play. Yeah. 
Well, technically, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury is on the ice for all power play minutes. So, according to Rangers fans, that's enough to justify... Uh, this year is zero power play goals. Zero power play points. Damn. That's actually insane. Um, okay, moving on to the next tweet that I found interesting. Um, so, Connor McDavid has 39 points this season. Uh, almost two points a game. And 11 of his points have been at 5-on-5. Have been five five, which means... Quick maths, 28 points of Connor McDavid's 39 points have come in non-five-on-five situations. Mm-hmm. Check check my math, but I think it's there, which means that 28 out of his 39 points have come either on the power play, shorthanded, um, or in overtime, or in four-on-four. Or Does does having an empty net count as even strength? Uh, No, I don't think so. I disagree. I'd be interested to find out. I'm I'm pretty sure like a six on five skater scenario, it doesn't count towards e- like five on five metrics. I don't think so. I'd be fascinated to know that. I do not know the answer to that. Okay. Anyway, but is that not wild? Like Yeah, it's insane. You, you, that one I that one I did see and I just could not believe it. Like it doesn't so make any sense. McDavid is 59th in the league in five on five points. Um he's tied with Miles Wood. And Pavel Zaka. And like McDavid's gonna cruise to another Art Ross. Like it's gonna happen. He's yeah. gonna put up he's gonna put up 130, maybe maybe more points than that. 140. Not uh, if, I want uh, him, I want him to get to 150, but not if Eric Carlson has anything to say about it. True. Or Jason Robertson. Those guys yeah. are pumping right now. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, I so I just want to touch on that. I just want to touch mm-hmm. on the fact that <laughs> like what is that? That's that's almost 75% of his points have come oh, yeah. at and and you just think about it like all those special teams situations like that's what maybe a tenth of the game yeah maybe actually no tenth of the game was six minutes so like it's a it's a little more but you're not yeah. far off yeah like it's probably 20 25 percent <laughs> of the game and that's where 75 like it's literally switched yeah like 75 percent of his points come in like a quarter of the game it's it it, it makes no sense yeah it just goes it makes... to show how dominant they are i guess with the extra man and uh in terms of his five on five minutes um 47 mm. of his time on ice at five on five comes with zach hyman 36 with nugent hopkins and 27 of it is with dry Seidel. okay Th- those are his uh his top three line mates at five nugent on five. hopkins is having a really good season <laughs> he is he, he did it he had a good year last year too mm. um He's just a quiet, like, 60-point yeah. guy. He's like, year in, year out. underrated guy, for sure. 50, 50 to 60 points every year. Um, if he wasn't a first overall pick, he'd be probably a lot more talked about. But since he was a first yeah. overall pick, people like to throw the, the I don't know, I don't want to say bust, but, like, the, the boring first overall pick label out, I guess. It's a shitty draft, though. Like, Morgan yeah. Riley's, like, the top guy from that draft. Um, yeah. That was, like, taken top 10. I think there's other guys, but anyway. Um, you got anything else? I think like we haven't even hit our 10 minute warning yet. And I'm kind of drawing a blank. Did I mention anything before the show that I wanted to mention that I haven't? Not that I can think of, but you want to touch on sentence just for a sec. Cause we abolished them last week. Okay. What do you have? Or just I don't know, not, like not much in general, just the fact that they're finally on a two game winning streak. <laughs> yeah. Two game oh. oh no, Debrinket says three is a uh, three is a streak. So uh, uh, not... I think anything more than one is a streak. Yeah, I know at this point. <laughs> but um, 
no, I stayed up for a few of those late games there, which was hell to see them lose, but it's fine. Um, yeah. And like we could, I the whole time you were talking about laugh, I wanted to bring up Stutzla so we can bring up Stutzla. Okay, yeah, we can talk about that overtime goal, his pass yeah. to Giroux, his like full ice backhand or, pass or to just Giroux. The fact that he's above point per game at 20 years old. Yeah, that too. Like, Meanwhile, like Byfield's in the AHL and Lafreniere, yeah. we just touched on, has three goals and two power play points, like ever. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it's just, I still think he has a long way to go with responsibility with the puck because sometimes it's still ridiculously frustrating to watch him. Yeah. But like at the end of every game, he has like a point or two. Every yeah, game. Yeah, it's, it it's wild. He is racking up the empty net points, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's got at least four. <laughs> he has at least be, that actually can't uh, yeah I he guess. has at least he i yeah. i i'm guaranteeing he has three that i've seen in person and mm-hmm. i'm just assuming he has one in, a, in an away game i was gonna say because like when have they really been on an opportunity to score on an empty net but like there was that four game stretch that you went to yeah and so um yeah, so like if I had to guess, I think he has four points. I can like confirm that he has three, and so yeah. I'm just assuming that he has one in the road games. I've had a I've had a hard time sort of being able to watch the road games because I don't plan, um, I don't make plans like around them like I do with home games, obviously. Yeah. So, um, I haven't been able to catch them as often, but I I'm, I'm I want to like lock in the fact that he's got four. And um, Tim Timmy versus Laugh tonight too. Yeah, they've got the Rangers tonight. Um, it's kind of a. Uh, Oh, I hate calling I hate calling these games big, but like I don't know. The Rangers are a team that Ottawa's like, I guess, chasing. They've got two games in hand on on New York. It's a home and home. Mm-hmm. Um, so they play tonight and then they play Friday night at New York. And so like again, like I, I hate talking about this because it's just it's kind of unrealistic at this point. But if Ottawa wins both those games, um, all of a sudden the Rangers are 10, 11, and four, or like mm. 10, 10, and five, whatever. And Ottawa's 10 12 and one and three points back of the rangers or four points back of the rangers with two games in hand and like the rangers are the first team outside the playoffs right now and so mm-hmm. i don't like, know like it, it does feel far-fetched to talk about this kind of stuff right now but it can add up quick like over the last two nights um over the last two nights detroit lost buffalo lost florida lost tampa lost Montreal lost. <laughs> um, Florida lost again. So yeah. the last I mean, two nights, you've gotten some huge results. Yeah, like I, I don't. Yeah, so you said it, it feels premature, or like I don't know, maybe a bit naive to be talking about that stuff. But like, if there's any glimmer of hope, and like I don't even care about playoffs anymore. I just want the yeah. team to like finish fake five hundred. Like, get me eighty two points, and I'll be happy. And like that starts now. Like you have to, like you're not just gonna make up those points in the last game games of the season. Like yeah. it takes so long to make up points in this league, and there's yeah. still 62 games left, 61 like, games left. You <laughs> have five results, five six results go your way over two nights that you don't play. You bet your ass you got to make those points count. Yeah. So yeah, all of a sudden tonight feels like a big game, and uh, like they've played well. They played the Rangers, or they played. They played Vegas well, they played LA well, and they beat Anaheim. So like right now they sit nine points out with two games in hand. 
What? Such a ridiculous sentence. They're not. I don't like. I know what you're saying, but it's just kind of funny to lay it out like that. They're nine game, nine points back with two games in hand. Yeah, I I don't know. Like I like you said, I expect Detroit to fall. We'll see where the Rangers go. I'm still not sold on Florida. Like I don't know if they're gonna make it. Um, That's one of those situations where they won the trade but got worse. Yeah. Like we talked about it earlier, and I think that's a big consensus in terms of like where Florida's at. Like they obviously, like I think it's pretty obvious they won the Huberto Kachuk trade. Like mm-hmm. that guy is a top ten player in the league. Like he's dominant. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, sorry, but I... but the t- the team got objectively worse. Like, mm-hmm. and like if you do look ahead of Ottawa too, right now Buffalo, Montreal, and. Um, Philly are all ahead of them. That's not gonna. That's no, not... that's not gonna last. They're gonna catch those teams, I think. Yeah, uh, like so. Like all of a sudden, you move up three <laughs> spots, and you're only a couple spots out. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So big game tonight. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I don't know who's gonna be starting. Probably. Talbot. It's probably Forsberg, or not Forsberg. Sorry, Talbot. Yeah, and then it's Halax confirmed to start tonight. Did the Rangers oh, play really? last night? The Rangers didn't even play last night, so they must be shaving Shesterkin for Friday. I don't know. That's well, weird. He, I don't know the exact situation of it, or if it was just a few days ago, but um, I saw like a quote on Instagram that apparently Shesterkin was taking a loss, like really bad on himself. Like he, like he met the media afterwards, and he was like, "Yeah, our goalie didn't play good." Like talking about himself. Yeah, I didn't um, see that, but I, I, I can see. I don't it. know if. He's having some confidence issues or something after. Well, he's not playing well. I mean, yeah. like he's got a nine thirteen save percentage, which like ninety percent of goalies would love and take and run with because that's above average. But this is a guy who has never been average in his NHL career or his KHL career because he was like an all time great goalie in the K. And, um, yeah, like I think his numbers were stellar prior to his last two games. He's given up four goals in each of his last two games. Um, but. I mean, again, it's it's a guy who who this team, he basically has the weight of the Rangers franchise on his shoulders. Like, if he doesn't make saves, that team does not win hockey games. And yeah. so it makes sense that he would take it hard. That'd be a lot of pressure. <laughs> but oh well, I hope he gets lit up on Friday. So yeah. whatever. <laughs> um. All right, you got anything else, Ryan? No, that's all. All righty, that'll do it for episode thirty-seven. Catch you next week for episode. Actually, actually. Catch you this weekend. Quick, quick little Sunday episode. Oh yeah. Uh, hope, hopefully, make that a consistent thing. Um, yep. But yeah, so uh, we will reconvene on Sunday for episode thirty-eight. Hit the outro.